Amen. All right, any kids who are willing to come on up, we're going to just read through it together. I'm not going to put you on the spot to have it memorized. It will benefit you in a way if you would be willing to do that. Oliver's coming. Prime the pump. Anybody else? All right, nice. Thanks, guys. All right. This is good. Eli's on his way. All right, we'll just read it off of the thing, unless you guys have it memorized. Do you have it memorized? you want to share them from memory? I, I baited you up here. I'm not going to switch it, switch it on you. We'll just read it off the thing. Have you guys enjoyed reading it and memorizing it? Has it been helpful to you? Okay, good. All right, here we go. Let's, let's read it together. Let's lead the congregation with it, okay? Do we have it up there? All right. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with the last message in it, and I'm calling it the shepherd rewards. Uh, next week, we will start a sermon series on the church. And I've asked uh, my friend Bryce Hotchkiss to come up and uh, share with us uh, next Sunday. Uh, my family will be here. Um, we, you know, we don't want to leave him here to you guys on his own. You know, we got to protect him a little bit. But uh, uh, so Bryce will be up here and sharing with us, and I'm excited uh, for him to uh, uh, be here. And and you will be so blessed by him. Uh, he's an awesome guy, and he's been a good friend to me uh, in ministry. And so uh, he uh, he probably won't be as good as Luke, but I mean, he's the next best thing if we. If we can't have Luke, um, I'm just hoping Bryce heard that, and so that was for him more specifically. But uh, anyways, uh, so our sermon this this morning, uh, we're going to take maybe a little deeper dive into the text. I haven't been uh, necessarily uh, going verse by verse through it. We've just been walking through it thematically. And there are a few things post you are welcoming people in and around and in relationship. And so I think that right off the bat, you need to start thinking like, the shepherd cares about you, and he's welcoming you in. He's preparing a table before you. Now, the rest of that is that uh, the presence of your enemy. You wonder, what, what is the shepherd doing for you there? And so one is there's a sign of relationship, but you might also start thinking then, what is David considering as, uh, as he thinks about maybe perhaps reconciliation and forgiveness. In the story of the Gospels we have in Luke 24 and elsewhere in the Gospels, we have Jesus preparing a meal uh, for his disciples. Specifically Peter. In Luke 24, Peter has denied Jesus, denied knowing him, and God prepares a meal before him, fish and bread, and he breaks bread, and he forgives Peter, and he welcomes him in. He prepares the table before him in the presence of his enemies. And so there is this sense that maybe God is nudging us towards relationship with those 
who are far from us. That uh, just as I read in Math, uh, Matthew about uh, how we treat our enemies, that we would pray for them, that we would walk with them around the table with us. There's also a sign of welcome uh, in the phrase, my cup overflows, that you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. In ancient times, when having a meal with the king, if he kept directing his serv- uh, servants to keep your cup full, it was a sign that you were still welcome. And we still sort of have this going on uh, culturally today. If you're having um, time with friends at a cafe and they, and they keep refilling your uh, coffee mug, it's a sign that they still would like you to be there. But eventually, you know, after your 10th cup and you're, you know, you got your head's jittering and going a little crazy, you know, they start cutting you off. At least that's been my experience. I don't know if you've had that happen to you. But eventually, you know, they, they stop bringing the cup. They stop filling it. And so it was a sign of welcome, a sign that you, that you are welcomed and they're being hospitable. It's a sign of relationship. And so if, he allowed, if the king allowed your cup to be empty, it was a sign that the hour was late and it was time to leave. But if, however, he took the pitcher from the servant himself and he served your drink and he filled it over and it was overflowing, it was a sign that the king wanted to continue to share this time with you. That he didn't want the time to end. That he would fill your cup to overflowing. God feels about you this way. Your cup is overflowing. It's spilling out onto the table. He's saying, don't go anywhere. I want to be with you. I think sometimes when we read this, we can kind of roll through those ones and kind of not, not dwell on it as much. Just to remind us that he desires to have a relationship with us He desires to be present with us. Now, surely your goodness and your mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. Um, The rest of our days is goodness. There's a Hebrew word there, tov. I don't always dig into all of the words uh, like this with you. Um, I was told in Bible college that Greek and Hebrew um, should be like your underwear. It should provide support, but no one should see it. Um, so we're going to show a little bit of the support uh, this morning, and uh, and I apologize for that. And I and sorry if you never want to hear that joke again. I, it's funny, and I like it. But uh, uh, good goodness is uh, the word is tov, and it has several meanings. And I wrote those down for you in your sermon notes. They're pra- it's so when we use the word good, there are at least five meanings there for the word tov. Practical, economic, and material good. Abstract goodness such as desirability, pleasantness, and beauty. uh, The third is the quality or expense. Or moral goodness. And technical, philosophical good. So like good and evil. So reflecting on the text, I think that we have all of these things happening it can mean all of that and more. All the goodness of God is in pursuit of us. Our material good, that we would be cared for with His goods and His, His gifts and needs. Beyond that, that God desires us. His pleasantness, His goodness is given us. That we are encouraged and we are cared for. That we have a new moral goodness about us. 
because our shepherd is caring for us and rewarding us. And so I, I know that that's a lot right there, and just I want you to take it, take it back and think, this goodness is in pursuit of me. You know, I, uh, I have some people in my life uh, who I believe would make a really great, um, who would have made a really great English teachers in the course of their life. They always are correcting me, and I love having people like that in my life. I don't know how you feel. You know, that you can, you can always pick them out of a crowd when they ask you this question, how are you? And I don't think that they really care about how they, you are doing. I think they care about whether or not you use good or well. And they're ready to pounce on you when you say, I'm good. Now, have you ever run into those people? Maybe you are one of those people. And well, I'll just point, point my finger back, you know, not. Anyways, this, there is a point to this. I think the next time that someone asks you how you are and you say, I'm good, I want you to think about this word, oh. And I kind of want you to preach the gospel. I kind of want you to encourage people to say, God's goodness is chasing after me. I want you to tell people that I am good because God has been good to me. I am good because I have been forgiven. I am good because I have all that I need in Christ. I am good. I know that this is probably making like the English teachers like, you know, cry in the corner right now. I've said it enough times. But to say to the world that we have the goodness of God, because of Psalm 23, the shepherd who lays down his life for us, the, the shepherd who is caring for us and loves us, that we have everything that we need in him, that we no longer have any want, because we have the goodness of God. You can say, I am good. And it points the world to the good news of Christ. And I want that for us. And maybe that's like a random thing, and maybe you'll never do that. But maybe just once you will. And those people will never talk to you again. Or, better, you might leave an impression on them that the good news is for everyday life remind us that God's goodness has been given me, that I am good in Him. Or you can say, I am well and never deal with it. So whatever, your, your choice. Surely God's goodness and His mercy. And this word mercy, has said, is all throughout our Bible. And we have it familiar for us in Psalm 136. In Psalm 136, it repeats itself over and over again. We won't read the whole thing. But in Psalm 136, we see it uh, over and over repeated. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. And the word has said, is God's loving kindness. It's His enduring love. There is a word that can capture all that is entailed in the word has said. And so they bring it up in phrases like, His love endures forever. It's the enduring love of God. It's the faithful love of God. And they call it God's mercy. 
And so it's all wrapped up into that, and you just think as you go through your Bible and all the times of you read the word mercy, all the times you read of God's enduring love, you are reading of God's chesed. How He feels about us, of His enduring and faithful love towards us. We'll hang on to that just for a second because the next word uh, is radaf. And I guess I, yeah, it's in there. Radaf, it's right next to it. Uh, And the word is, and surely God's goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life. The word follow is radaf. Radaf can also be pursue also be, and I like this, to try to do something with considerable effort, intensity, and focus. I think the word follow has maybe lost its uh, pizzazz. You know, we follow people on Twitter, we follow people on Facebook, uh, we follow directions. We've, it's, not, it's a pretty bland word. But how about intense focus? Pursuit. This is the word there. Pursuit. God's love, God's loving kindness, His faithful love, and God's goodness is in pursuit of you. It's not just following after you, it is pursuing you. There's an old sermon that called God the Hound of Heaven. Forget the preacher who preached it, but the the visual is of a God who is seeking, pursuing, and chasing after you. Goodness and love of God is pursuing you. So when we say Psalm 23, I just want to draw our hearts maybe to a little deeper look at what's going on. And it's an invitation to relationship. It's an invitation to a life God to pursue me. And I think that that gets to the heart. The heart of the problem is, is that we feel like we have to get everything figured out before God will find us. And what God is telling us here is that He's pursuing you. It's the Father chasing after the Son when He turns back towards Him. It's the God, our Lord of Lords and King of Kings, Jesus, going and preparing tables with people who have been sinful and filled filled with all sorts of problems and Jesus welcomes them into a table a table time with them, with them and he forgives them and he cares for them the wrestling match that we all face is whether or not we feel like we can deserve and put ourselves in a place for God to find us and i think God's trying to find you so this morning, I kind of have a simple, uh, a simple thing. Would you give up? Would you stop? Would you just turn for a moment and know that God is seeking you, His love is pursuing you, His faithfulness is right there. The Bible wants you to know. As sad as this word that just is 
over the scriptures hundreds of times. God is telling us something. He's telling us that He is faithful and His love endures forever. And that enduring love is for you. I hope that at the end of all of this, we can say that the shepherd rewards us. He rewards us for for, uh, not what we deserve. He rewards us because we belong to Him. He gives us His goodness, His kindness, that we can confirm all of our needs in that. I hope Psalm 23 will just rest in your heart, not just in these times of uncertainty, but in times of plenty. Remind ourselves that we have all we need in Him. God's goodness and mercy has pursued you. and You have life in Jesus Christ. This shepherd has sought you lays down his life for his sheep, that you might have life in him. The closing of Psalm 23 is that we would dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The gift that he rewards us is a relationship in his presence. The gift to us is a great banquet where he opens up a meal for all of us to share in. great gift of life comes from Jesus Christ our Lord. And the hope and the comfort is the gift of salvation and the life with God in His house. So my challenge and my encouragement is all this sort of just stop running and stop running away. Stop trying to put yourself in just the right position so God might do the things you want Him to do. Just take a moment and deeply and sincerely appreciate that God is pursuing you. He loves you and He cares deeply for you. He gave you His Son, Jesus. He's prepared a table before you to love you and reconcile you, forgive you, and bring you home. So please, Embrace this gift and know God's love for you today. Let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for uh, this time together studying your word. To know of your goodness and your mercy, Lord, that is throughout Scripture. To know that you've made us good, not through our merit, not through our accomplishment, but through your goodness has pursued us. Lord, that We are loved by you, and your faithful love endures forever. And so, God, when we doubt this, when we are discouraged, when we feel as though we are too far gone, remind us that you are right here. All we have to do is open ourselves to you. So speak to us, comfort us, give us your spirit, Lord, each day to know that you are with us, your people. That surely your goodness and mercy will be with us all of our days. That we will be with you in heaven. That we will be with you here on this earth. That we will be with you no matter what. That as Tim shared today in Romans 8, that nothing will separate us from your love. 
and the love that we have in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our King. So help us as your children to go with confidence care of your goodness and your everlasting love. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Can you stand in response as we sing?